0: Well, happy Christmas Eve and good morning. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today, we continue into Luke chapter 2 and examine the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem from Joseph's perspective. As the betrothed husband to Mary and soon-to-be father of Jesus, Joseph had an incredible task presented to him. Let's look together at how the anxieties of Christmas stretch all the way back to that first quiet evening when the cries of baby Jesus blessed the hearts of Mary and Joseph. Well, just uh, this last week, uh, I took my son to see the new Star Wars movie. Anybody else? Anyone else see it? Yep. Uh, Spoiler alert. There is still a lot of war going on in the stars. (laughs) Um, But I noticed that there were certain moments when the music would get intense and it would get kind of uh, hair-raising. I'd look over at my son and he would begin to put his... He'd begin to put his hands over his ears and his eyes just like this because he was a little afraid, right? He was a little nervous. What would happen? Uh, I was like that too, just scared as could be. No, I'm just joking. I've seen plenty of these movies. I know it all works out somehow in the end, right? But isn't isn't that something how we can get nervous when we don't know how things are going to work out in the end? I mean, if you knew how the story ended, you you can make it through those scary moments when it looks like the hero is going to die, when it looks like all is lost. But if I only knew the ending. I mean, even my daughter uh, Sadie, watching uh, Curious George, gets like that, gets a little nervous. I got to let her know. George comes back. It's going to be fine, right? Yeah, how about our lives? Living here in this world, do you know how tomorrow's going to go? What's going to happen the next day, this year, the next week? What's going to happen? It'd be all too easy for us to get nervous again. That anxiety of not having control, that anxiety of not knowing. I want to remind you today that our Lord has won the battle, that the victory is yours. We know how the story ends. And yet we still have to live each moment of this life, walking through it one second at a time, seeing as it comes how God is using the circumstances of our lives Not just in a haphazard way that uh, there's just a roll of the dice without purpose, but rather for His glory, He allows things to happen to us. There is nothing that happens under the sun that God is not keenly aware of. That He and His sovereignty, even though evil exists in our world, the Lord's hand is yet stayed such that the return of His Son has not yet occurred, but His patience means for us our salvation. And not only for us, but for this whole world. We're going to see this morning, as we continue in our study of Luke, uh, that God will work in the midst of circumstances that sometimes would cause us anxiety. Anxiety. I'm entitling this message, "A Blessing Through Raindrops. And we're going to have a special selection that will come at the end by Isabella. As we work our way there, I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. As we now enter into the Christmas narrative... Luke recounts for us the story of the birth of Jesus. We're going to very simply read the first seven verses and then look at a few observations trying to see beyond the black and white letters of the text. Imagine if you were there. Imagine if you were a bystander. Imagine you were there at the inn or traveling along the road with Mary and Joseph, nine months pregnant. Imagine if you were Joseph himself or Mary herself. And how would we handle and live through these circumstances that as we're going to see this morning might look like they cause us to go like this? Here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Page 1590 in the Pew Bible. Luke writes, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we've all heard this story many times, right? We've seen it recounted in Christmas pageants and plays and then, Charlie Brown's Christmas right here and there and all the problem is it becomes a little bit too familiar for us Uh, There's much that's happening here that if you were to live in this day and in this age that you and I might react uh, Perhaps a little more appropriately than the way in which we have sterilized Christmas I I want you to catch what's going on here I want you to see a few observations and I I want to I want to give them to you from the perspective of a husband And a father now if you're anything like me uh, you like it when things go as planned. Any amens from the guys? Yeah, yeah. I like it when things go as planned. How do we react when things don't go as planned? Right. Uh, I want you to see that that's how this story begins, uh, right at the very beginning. Caesar Augustus, here being the unknowing agent of God, ultimately leading to the fulfillment of God's promise that a ruler would come from Bethlehem. Look what he does. He issues a decree bureaucrats, right? Counting the people, probably for more tax money, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, an issue, issued a decree that a census should be taken. You ever get a letter in the mail from the IRS? Anybody Anybody get a letter in the mail for jury, jury duty? Anybody Right? The government coming and messing in your business. Look, I had plans for next week, for next month, and now I got to do this, and now I got to do that. That's what's going on. I'm imagining that Joseph himself probably got the news and thought, great, just perfect, right? Now we're going to have to go to Bethlehem because they need to go to their town of origin, right? They need to go to the place where they, their lineage is uh, from. Uh, you and I probably don't realize this because we probably just get on Expedia.com and get a plane flight, right, and get there. But this is a three-day journey. How do you pack for a three-day journey? on the road not sitting at your relatives this is on the road even you're packing the tent there's no rv there's no propane right you're carrying the wood and the food and well my family would get beef jerky anybody else yeah we're getting beef jerky for that right right but that's what's going on a three-day journey uh just the other day we went down to uh green bay where my relatives are from right if there was a census that was taken that's where i'd have to go south of green bay fremont area south of appleton and as soon as we got on the road, a uh, voice comes from the back of the van. Mommy, have to go potty. Now, I'm telling you this. When your dad driving and you hear those words from a three-year-old, you begin looking for a potty. Right? You begin looking because we're uh, you're not in Pampers anymore. So this is a serious situation. All right? That was just a Green Bay. Mary and Joseph are going all the way to Bethlehem. Three-day journey. I'm already stressed out, right? If I'm Joseph in this situation, I'm already stressing out. So the government's interfering in your business, right? Here, you got a three-day journey. you got to go to your hometown. That's an unplanned trip, right? Expensive trip. All that money that we were saving for vacation, right? We were going to go over to Caesarea, but now we got to go to Bethlehem. So we got to use our savings. It's inconvenient because it's in the middle of the work week, right? It's a wearisome journey. I mean, you're not traveling uh, with the uh, heated seats, folks, right? Uh, F-150 doesn't have the reclining buckets. No, you're on foot, right? Bring an extra pair of sandals, because that's what this trip's going to look like. Uh, It's disrupting your plans. Maybe you had uh, business ventures. Nope, got to go to Old Town. I want you to see a little bit more here as they're going to travel to the house. Verse 5 says, he went there to register with Mary. Uh, he was pledged. Uh, Mary was pledged to be married to him. All right, ladies, what what's it like when uh, you're planning the wedding day, right? Can we have a change in the plans? Will that fly? How's that going to work? How about mothers-in-law? How's that going to work, right? We throw a little wrench in the in the plan here as you're trying to get your cards together and your invitations together, and you've got to pick out your centerpiece. Right? And plan the venue, and how many people, and you can't invite uncle so-and-so, and right? You guys know what it's like. Well, th- that's where they were. Even though their tradition was a little different than ours, they're still in that time period, right? Where they're, you know, this is, this is our time, right? This is for us. But no, see your plans, they get all changed. And here you're going to find that though he's pledged to be married to her, the timing's not right. Still trying to make their wedding plans. More than that, they're needing to travel together because she's pregnant. Ooh, that didn't go as planned either. Even though we understand that this wasn't by the case of temptation, this wasn't by the case of any wrongdoing on their part. How do you think that looks to people? Right? Oh, traveling along. Joseph, this is your wife with you. Uh, well, actually, she's not yet my wife. Oh, oh. Yeah, I've had to deal with that since Judea, right? I've had to deal with that, the whole, every person we see. Who's stressed out yet? Any guys stressed out at this? Because that's, I'm telling you, that's what Christmas is the tradition of, just being stressed out. Anybody else stressed out at Christmas time? It didn't start with you. It started with Joseph, right? That's where it's beginning. I'm I'm starting to feel like putting my hands over my ears and my eyes, right? It's getting tough. It gets worse. Look at verse 6. Now we have uh, Lane and Chelsea with us this morning with little baby Ezra, right? Yeah. Uh, did you did you have a go bag ready to go, Lane? Like, were you prepared? It was ha- half packed. Half packed. All right. They had the plan anyway, right? A little bit like our story today, because what does verse six say? While they were there. See, if I'm Joseph, I got a plan to have the baby back where family is, right? Because you got your family to help and you called the midwife or the doctor or the nurse and it's all taken care of, right? We've got this. But then Mary starts saying, Joe, Joe, it's time. The baby's coming now. Oh, no. He didn't have a cell phone either, folks. He couldn't call for help, right? Could you imagine what that must have been like? Uh, Honey, just sit like this. Just, just sit tight. We gotta find somebody. No, it's coming now. You have to do this. I'm telling you, Christmas is stressful. I mean, I we forget to pack diapers, and it's like the end of the world. Here, Joseph is having to give birth, or Mary's going to have to give birth, and he's going to have to deliver the baby. Hey, you tell me which is worse. I. He's got to deliver the baby. Verse 6, while they were there, the time, it's such, it's such small words, right? You read it all the time, but you miss what it must have been like. It says the time came for the baby to be born. There's no waiting on that. There's no time out on that. There's no Let's reschedule for next Thursday on that. It's happening now, ready or not. Jesus is coming to this world. And so verse 7, uh, look at this. Uh, as Joseph's playing midwife here. Uh, She gives birth and she wraps him in clothes and she places him in a pack-and-play with the diaper genie right next door with the video baby monitor, keeping an eye on things, temperature-controlled air conditioning. Is that what it says? Oh, this is not how it was supposed to go, right? This is not what the plan was supposed to be like. When we had our firstborn, when we had Micah, coolest thing ever. I was talking to Elaine about this too. Coolest thing ever. The nurse hands me the child and doesn't take it back. (laughs) <laughs> gives it to me. What do, I'm thinking, what do I do? <laughs> now I've got this baby. And that's Joseph. That's Joseph in the middle of this manger scene. At night, in the, either a, a, a cave or a stable or some place where the animals are kept. Because we tried to make reservations at the Hilton, but they were filled up. And the Best Western didn't have any occupancy. So they said, go out to the garage. That's where they end up going, where the animals are. Oh, I'm I'm. If I'm Joseph at this point, I'm beyond stress now. I'm kind of looking to fight with somebody. Any of you guys with me? Any anybody else just looking to say, all right, who can I punch? Right? This is just <laughs> this is ridiculous. My my baby is in a manger, right? A feeding trough, right? And you got folks lounging back in their rooms, comfortable, watching HBO probably. And here we are with a brand new baby. I mean, uh, who else is upset? Does that make that ought to make you a little upset? That's what's going on here. Yeah, Christmas can be stressful. And I think all of us would identify, even in our own lives, there's moments where it just just pushes you to that limit, right? We miss that. That happened for Joseph as well. That happened for him. And my hope this morning is that as we enter into Christmas season, it's filled with a bunch of extra baggage, right? Christmas is filled with baggage. It's a birthday, for Jesus, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's a birthday for Jesus. And that's what we ought to celebrate it as. My hope is in reading this passage and looking through it, I can give you a little bit of uh, little bit of tools and a hope and a peace to know that God is still in charge, right? And that He's got a plan. So a few observations from this text. Number one is this Our God has things in motion for you right now. He already has things in motion that you have no idea about. Now, true or false? The Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. True or false? True. Come on, true. Say it again loud. True. It's true, right? Well, how are we going to get married to Bethlehem? Are they, they're, they're not going to visit any folks there. They've no plans to go there. So what's God going to do? How, how is he going to get them there? Well, lo and behold, these political leaders back in Rome... Decide, Hey, I know. Let's take a census. Let's make everybody go to their hometown. They had no idea the influence that had in God's purpose and prophecy to bring the Messiah to this, the smallest of all clans, to the city of Bethlehem to be born there. They didn't know that, but God knew that. He had set this all in motion weeks and weeks ago. Such that it would turn out that the baby would be born right here, right at this moment, right at that perfect time. They didn't know that. When I was six years old, I got the chicken pox. That was miserable. You may have heard me tell this story before because this is a, a trans- transformative uh, story in my life. Um, getting the chicken pox doesn't seem like a big deal except for the fact that my mom hadn't had the chicken pox and neither did my sister. So guess who caught the chicken pox well, me? Yeah, the rest of my family caught it. And they were all getting sick while I was getting better. Right? Just terrible sick, right? And uh, that meant that I got to go to church uh, with my dad that following Sunday morning. And we were, as we were driving one block away from church in Iron Mountain, a car that was late for work came and T-boned our car, crushing my foot between the door and the seat. Six years old. Just a little kid. Rushed to the hospital. They didn't know what to do with Dickinson, so they rushed me to Green Bay. The circumstances surrounding that changed the scope of my family's future for the better. All for the better. You know, if my mom had been there, she would have uh, been taking the main brunt of the hit. As an adult, um, I was just a child, so I got knocked across the seat. Uh, My head hit my dad right here and broke three of his ribs with my head. Some of you are saying that explains it. (laughs) Had an adult been sitting there, internal bleeding and hemorrhaging might have cost my mom her life. The main impact was where my sister sat, just behind my mom. That's where the car crushed the seat. But guess what? They happened to have the chicken pox that day. You don't think that God has things in motion right now? Which of the kids at Florence Elementary brought the chicken pox to school so I could catch it? All of that happened. All of that was in motion. All of that was predicated on this purpose that God would have in my life. And you can see the same thing here. Luke just says in those days, Caesar was taking a census. Caesar had no idea. And the lesson that I want us to see is that our God has things in motion for you right now. And you don't know what they are. And I don't know what they are. But there are already people moving. There are already events that are happening far beyond the scope of what we can see that are designed and carefully tailor-made for God's purpose in your life. We just simply don't know what they are. But God does. And he's working through them. And our problem is that we enter into Christmas and we can hit the stress, right? We can, we can get like this, thinking that I don't know how it's going to end, right? I was just, How is this going to go? But God knows. God knows exactly. What he has in store for you. Number two is this don't expect an easy journey. I mean that's just that's just wisdom right there, right? Don't don't expect an easy journey. I I think that needs to get preached a little bit more often. Too many times do people think they hear come to Jesus and everything gets easy. Uh, Place your hope and your trust in this Savior who's not part of this world, and then keep living in this world. And that'll be easy. Don't expect it to be easy. Jesus's words in John 16, 13 say, I've come that you will have peace, for in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So what's the promise that you've been told? Jesus says you will have trouble. That's, that's what it means to live in this world. So don't expect an easy journey. Bethlehem was a three-day journey. Nine months pregnant. Can you imagine? No room at the inn. No crib. Crowded because everybody's trying to get where they're going, right? Don't go to Walmart today, folks. I'll tell you that. You'll see what that's like. <laughs> you... Look, don't, don't expect an easy journey. Number three is this. Uh, the results... Whatever it is you face, the results are not outside of God's control. No matter how they look. What you see happening in the circumstances of your life are not outside of God's control. Do you know what was unique about Bethlehem? I mean, Joseph had to go there, but there was an ancient prophecy. There was something beautiful that was shown with this child to be born. I'll help you out. You'll be able to tell me even. Ready? In the city of David. Do you know what that means? The city of David? It's the promise all the way back to King David that there will come one who will sit on your throne forever and his reign will never end. That's awesome. Now here's Joseph holding a brand new baby looking at a feeding trough. What's that look like? Does it look like it's out of control? Does it look like God's nowhere to be seen? Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. And yet nothing could be further from the truth. Do not confuse your circumstances with God's purpose. Your circumstances might look different from what you planned. This Christmas may not be the one that you envisioned it would be years ago. But guess what? Here it is. And you and I, we need to begin to look to see how God is going to work through my circumstances. Because he is still in control. No matter what they look like. All right, number four is this obedience to God to do the right thing. Requires faith. This is one that we got to spend a little bit of time on. You you, you read over it. We we miss it. Verse five. He went there to register with Mary because he was pledged to be married to her. All that's well and good. All of that's fine, right? Except for the next line, because she was expecting what? A child. Do you remember the story? I know that you know this in Matthew's gospel. Joseph finds out, right? Mary comes back from Elizabeth and she's showing and Joseph says, what? (laughs) That's what I probably would have said. Did you have a big meal? Tell me you had a big meal, right? Like what's going on in this situation? Um, It says that because Joseph was a righteous man, he had desired to divorce Mary or, or, or to put aside the betrothal. Quietly, Right? I'm just going to... We're going to end this thing amicably because I can see that you've been unfaithful and that's not going to stand... That's just not how it's going to work. right? And an angel comes in a vision, right? And says, uh, No, Joseph, the child that she carries is from God. And you're to give him the name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Imagine you woke up from that situation. Imagine you were Joseph. And that now you have the opportunity... To obey God, right? Because that's what God says. God says, take her as your wife. Name the child Jesus. I have a purpose that's going on here. But everybody around you is going to be snickering and sneering and passing silent, smoldering judgment, right? The whole time. Yeah, we know what's going on. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you're Joseph? I want you to see that obedience to God to do the right thing, it requires faith. Joseph had to trust God. He had to trust God in that situation. Matthew 1, 24 says this, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. He had no union with her until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You see what Joseph did? He did exactly what God asked. Now, who thinks that was easy? Who thinks, ah, there's no problem, right? Easy peasy. Understand this. Obedience to God sometimes for you is not going to be easy. For you to stand out as a Christian, to stand up for the testimony of Jesus Christ, might mean that you start to incur a little bit of ridicule, a little bit of scorn, a little bit of smoldering judgment. Maybe from your family members around this time of the year, right? Maybe from co-workers. Let's remind folks, this is about Jesus' birthday, That may not be popular, but you know what it is? It's right. Obedience to God to do the right thing. It requires faith. I want to make sure you didn't miss that from this passage, right? Chapter 2, verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married and was expecting a child. That took faith on Joseph's part to do that, to go through with it. All right, lastly here, God will provide. God will provide. Sometimes it doesn't look the way we think. But what was there in that smelly animal stable? What, what was there? Right there for the baby. It wasn't a 10-point pack-and-play with a changing table and extendable arms, right? Collapsible and Velcro. To, what was there? There was, a, there was a manger. There was a feeding trough. Did God provide? Yeah, he did. It didn't look the way they thought, but he still provided. God was there. As we kind of wrap this up, I I want to draw you back to the passage that Yvonne read for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I have it up here on the screen. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, he who scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. The context around this passage has to do with not being slaved to your control, specific to money. In the Corinthian church, they gave a gift to Paul, right? They, they were generous, and this is Paul's response to that. That as you learn to put your trust in God, God will give you all that you need. He will provide. Now, Paul knows this because he starts to quote in verse 9. Do you see what he says? As it is written. Well, where is that written? That's in our Bible at some point, right? Uh, It says he scattered his gifts to the poor. So this speaks of somebody who's giving gifts to those who need it. Remember our grace excursion for December? You remember what it is? Think of someone that you could be a blessing to, somebody that you could give a gift to. What's the promise that comes after it? His righteousness endures not a decade, not a year, not a month, not a day, forever. That's the promise. This comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 112. And that's the passage I want us to look at. So if you have your Bibles, as we wrap this up, turn back to Psalm 12. I want you to, and I have it up here on the screen as well that, Uh, Just part of it, you could follow along, but I want you to see how this speaks to the story of the manger scene, how this speaks to what Joseph must have been going through. Psalm 112. Hell on what page? Page 851 in our Pew Bible. The psalmist writes these words Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness. Light dawns for the upright. Did you hear the children's messages this morning? Were you listening to Donna? Right? What's that like if you're lost in the woods? You can't see. How do you feel? Boy, the kids knew immediately what that felt like. What's it like when you see the light flickering for your house? Oh, you just have peace, right? I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to be there. That's verse 4. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. And this is what I have up here on the screen. A righteous man will be remembered forever, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look on triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. I want you to see something that's repeated. Did you catch it? What is the psalmist trying to convey to you here? You will have no what? You will have no fear. Why? That's, the, that's where we need to land today. Because if you are anything like me, Christmas is stressful. Any amens? Christmas can be stressful. Was it stressful for Joseph? Amen. Right? Very stressful. So how is it that we get through this with no fear? And it's right here in the middle. His heart is steadfast. How? Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. God has things in motion right now. Whatever you're gonna face in the next couple days, guess what? It's all preordained. God has a plan for you. He already has already has it going. Right now, you don't even know it. He's got the pieces moving. You remember the game Mouse Trap? Anyone remember that when you were a kid? Mouse, you spin this and then this turns this and hits this and they all you know how like you hit one domino and they all lead to the next? That's happening for you. Right now, that's happening for you. God is working his will in your life. Don't expect life to be easy. It's not going to be an easy journey. It's likely you're not going to have to do a, a foot walk path for three days to get to your relatives. I hope you don't to get to your relatives. Um, but in the same way that it wasn't easy for Mary and Joseph, don't expect it to be easy for you as well. And the results are not outside of God's control no matter how, how they, no matter what they look like. Obedience to God. To do the right thing requires what? Faith. Requires faith. We, we have to trust God. We have to believe even when it's hard, when no one around us wants to look that way. And lastly, God will provide. So I want to leave you with this challenge. As I do, I'll ask Isabella if she'll come make her way up here and uh, prepare herself to bless you with a song this morning. Don't put your fear in your circumstances. Right? Uh, don't, don't let the troubles and the sound of the anxiety of this world cause you to fear what you're facing. Instead, put your fear where? Put your fear in God. That's what Psalm 112 said. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. What's that mean? Well, it means trusting God. I want to encourage you. Trust God. Don't put your fear. Don't trust in what you face. Trust in God. And then secondly, this is my encouragement to you this Christmas season. Watch the show. That's life. Just... Watch what's going on. Sometimes it's going to be really confusing. Sometimes there's going to be some amazing problems. But you know what? Just like when you're watching the movie and it's like, how are they going to get out of this situation? That's you and I. How am I going to get out of this situation? God will show up. God will provide. And so don't have your anxiety based in today. Don't worry about what's going to happen to you. Enjoy life. Enjoy the show. When you're on your way to the relatives and you get a flat tire, laugh. Ha! <laughs> pastor said that was going to happen. How are we going to get out of this one? (laughs) Somehow you will, because here's the reality for you. If you are God's child, then God will be orchestrating your life such that he will glorify himself. And so you know what we get to do? We get to look for that. I want to encourage you, watch. Examine the situation in life and watch to see how God will glorify himself through your circumstances. I'm going to have one more thing to say after Isabella Uh, Blesses us today, but look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you isabel if you listen to the words of that song you'll hear the echo of christmas you'll recognize everything that we've seen so far in luke chapter 2 was true that god was there all along that he was working behind the scenes that though it was difficult obedience to him does take faith and that god does provide We've kind of looked this morning, however, from Joseph's perspective. And I do that a little bit selfishly because, you know what, as a, as a husband and as a dad at Christmas time, there's a lot of stress that comes to us, right? I want you to see, though, Mary's response. Mary was quite different from how I imagined Joseph would be. If you still have your Bibles in Luke, you'll find this recorded in chapter 2, verse 19. Luke records these words as all of the difficulties as all of the unplanned expenses as all of the trials came to them he says Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart I don't know what you're going to face in the next couple days I don't know what Christmas will mean for you but I know this God is there with you And rather than let ourselves become overwhelmed and, and Anxious about how it's going to work out. And not only through Christmas, but whatever it is you're facing. Be like Mary. God's going to be there, God will provide.
1: Let's pray.